Hey, Andrew. Hey, Greg. Did you watch the Marvel Studios uh, feature film Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? I did. So did I. Should we talk about it? Let's talk about it. Okay. Um. Huh. Hmm. How we do what we normally do? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess that's a good place to start. Uh, what, what do you think my review of this movie was? Not good. Well, right. maybe not, maybe <laughs> not like terrible, but just like some, some cool things, but, but altogether not a great Marvel film or film in general. And, and what can you, can you expand on that? Do you think I'm, what, what, what would be my chief complaint? Um, you would say that it, uh, was poorly paced slash simultaneously too much put in and not enough and that um the ending was kind of dumb okay all right and i think your review of this movie is it was not a good movie <laughs> <laughs> um and i i think your your chief complaints would probably be that it was completely all over the place uh and confusing okay so how did I do on my prediction? Um, I didn't find it confusing necessarily. I thought that it the plot itself was like it wasn't confusing, it just wasn't very good. <laughs> um I didn't dislike it. Like it's not the worst Marvel film I've seen, for sure. It has some truly really some really cool components. I feel like this is what I've said about the past like four Marvel movies. <laughs> hmm. Which is a bummer. Um, because it's not like any one has just been like bad, like, oh, this is terrible. Like, you know what I mean? Well, it, you know, it, and you know, it's about when I'm, when I'm comparing it, I'm saying terrible. I'm saying like, like Batman vs Superman is a terrible movie. Okay, sure. Justice League is a terrible movie. Suicide right. Squad is a particularly terrible movie. There's a lot of, you know, when, when I'm saying terrible, you know, we're saying it's not a good movie. It's not good in the, by comparison to other passable action movies and or particularly Marvel films. Yeah. <laughs> So that being said, um, it was disappointing for me. I was very disappointed by this movie and it's similar, not quite as, I don't think it had, I'll put it this way. I think it was better than Thor. Yes. Which seemed truly like it didn't know what it wanted to do. I think this had some things it wanted to do and, and didn't accomplish it, didn't accomplish many of those things or any of those things, maybe. Well, I think I accomplished a couple of those things. And I also think that, um, this movie was a, a little more cohesive than a Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, I mean, a Thor, uh, like, it took me, I think, three sittings to get through Thor. Because <laughs> I watched it on sc- streaming. And that, to me, is a bad sign. Because it's like, if I was watching, like, when I was watching Ant-Man, this, this Ant-Man, uh, there wasn't any point in the movie where I was like, all right, I could just walk out now and be done with this yeah. right like there were there i didn't find any point in the movie where i like had to force myself to keep watching because i know you and i committed to talk about it like <laughs> no like i got to the end so it wasn't as bad in it just in that regard as like a thor love and thunder where i was like i could walk away from this um where i just like um, but then, you know, again, like Justice League, Batman versus Superman, like there are parts in those movies where I'm like, uh, not just like, eh, I'm bored. I could walk away. I don't really care about this the way I like, did with Thor. Like those, but the DC stuff, I'm like watching this as a chore. I would rather do <laughs> like, I would rather stare at the wall than finish this movie. <laughs> or like actively um, enraged. Right. Like this, this is painful to watch. Um, 
this wasn't that, but uh, it just was. It just was pretty flat. Like it. It. Uh, I, I, where do we begin with this mess? And, well, and how did and, I do? How did I do for your? I guess I got your reaction fairly. Yeah. Um, there are parts of it I liked, but the list of things I did not like is much longer. <laughs> Maybe we'll start with the things we liked. Okay. Um, I thought that the uh, the production design was very good, right? The visual aspects of the movie, like the way the quantum realm looked, um, a lot of the more trippy action sequences and stuff um, looked great. Uh, well, uh, I know what you mean. It, the idea like, of it is good, but maybe yes. the execution. Now is there not were a lot of good. times where the effects. You know, there were some very clear, obvious green screen moments and sometimes the execution wasn't quite there. But the overall like design of just about everything except the main character costumes, I thought was great. Like um, all of the quantum world stuff where like uh, especially in the opening scene where you're introduced to it, it kind of looks like, you know, like a 70s starfield almost. But it's also maybe kind of organic, but it's also maybe a cave. Like that stuff just looked great. Um, and uh, a lot of the creature designs were really fun and cool. Like the guys with like the glowing crystal heads. Um, Kang is kind of stormtroopers with their weird blue bubble masks. And like I thought all of those design elements were really, really good. Like the concept art for all of this was really, really great. Uh, again, you can quibble about like, yeah, maybe that the some of the things didn't quite read on screen, um, which was frustrating and I, I think is a problem. But um, and also very, really, really inconsistent. Like, um, but yes, I like that. I won't. I'm, again, we're staying positive right now. So that was my one. That, that, that's my first positive thing. Uh, I would agree with you on that. I think that um, some of my positives, I really liked. uh there's some good performances in this movie. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Majors. I mean, it'll be said a million times, but just really, really good actor and when really fun, weird stuff on screen. I also really like Michael Douglas's performance in this. He's just like, he didn't have a big role in this movie necessarily, but every line he said, I just like laughed at. I'm just like, this is freaking Michael Douglas. And he's just like, yeah, something, something quantum man. Also, I like ants. It's like, okay. Yeah. Um, so I like that bit. Uh, and like, you know, Paul Rudd's always fun. Yeah. Um, he has he's the kind of person that can make unfunny jokes funny just because his delivery of them is so damn good. Yes. Um, uh, for the most part. Yeah, I, I totally agree on the performances. Um, uh, I think that there were and I think we'll talk about this in more detail. Like there's clearly some disconnect between what the script, the movie, what what movie the script was and what movie the director thought he was making. Yeah. Uh, there's clearly some differences there, and I think that leads to a lot of the problems with this movie. Um, but the actors, I think, generally were in the right spot tonally. Um, so I'm not sure if it's a directing problem or an editing problem or something that got the tone so wrong. But yes, I think everybody did a good job. Uh, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, was great. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Evangeline Lilly is barely in this, but she was fine. Yeah, I don't know she why was she in. was so so much of a backseat character in this. Um, I I have a theory. Okay. Uh, well, I, I have a two part theory. One is I don't really think the script knew what to do with her. She's yeah. a little superfluous just mm-hmm. generally to like the overall dynamic of the ant family. 
But also, it's my understanding that she's a bit of a vaccine weirdo. Yeah, she is. Which probably complicated some of the shooting. Yeah. Which probably made it so she could only be in so many scenes because of, you know, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of like union rules now around vaccine and those sorts of things. It might have something to do with that. I'm not really this isn't really a complaint like, oh, I need to see more wasp in this movie. Sure. Um, and that's not because I'm sexist. I just. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yes. It's because I hate all women. There's too many women in movies. Um, but, but, you know, not to say I missed her, but like it was very clearly like she doesn't. And, and when there is the big, like, um, one of, I think the best scenes in the movie, uh, she, her commitment, like, what is she, why does she care about this part? You know, there's a little bit of that. Like, what is really her role in all of this? Because she's not Cassie's mom, right? Right. Cassie, Cassie's mom is, uh, was fridged off screen in another movie, right? No, she's alive. Really? Yeah. Oh, they're just separated or something? Yeah, yeah, they're divorced. Okay. Uh, Great. Fine. You know, um, that's actually better. (laughs) Um, but, uh, um, I thought their chemistry was good. Yeah. Uh, I I like, I mean, it's interesting having like the family dynamic when, you know, she calls him like grandpa, but it's like, well, I guess, but they're not. whatever but yeah that was that's that's and and honestly that's another little complaint here uh and it's a minor one but a lot like we were talking about with um uh lost metal right last metal what was the thing we lost metal my god (laughs) um is that i think this movie took for granted that i remember all the relationships within the ant family (laughs) and i did not because yeah yeah, like she's calling she's calling them grandpa grandpa and i'm like is that right because i don't I, I kept trying to like figure out what the relationship was and i was like oh i think she's just like honorary grandparents which yeah and that's weird. it because i mean i rewatched ant-man and ant-man and the wasp prior to this just because it had been i think i probably had only seen both those movies like maybe once yeah and i remember enjoying them and i enjoyed them the second time through um uh but yeah it was really like oh i guess I mean, that's fine. People do that. That's great. Sure. Um, but it's a little bit it's a weird choice, right? Yeah. Because it does make you a little bit confused about how these characters are related. Yeah. Um, You know, even if she called him like, uh, you know, or even if there was just like a little five second scene where she called him grandpa. And he's like, ah, don't call me that. I'm not your real grandpa. You know? Yeah. Or like a more it's a little more common if you're like, you know, someone of an older age, but it's Uncle Hank. You know, what right. I mean? like, and, you know, because. Yeah, that's not her mom or her stepmom, unless I missed that they got married at some point. But I do not think they did. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of weird. And um, she calls she calls her Hope. Right. In an early scene. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helps you remember. Oh, right. OK. But even so, um, uh, how did we get? <laughs> it doesn't here. matter. Um, yeah. Like the, the, the family dynamics that, you know, um, oh, performances. Yes. Um, I, 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 I have even, you know, some of the characters who I think had kind of a tough job, um, Modoc, for example, uh, is it Corey Stoll? Something yeah. like that. Um, you know, that's a tough one, but he, he leaned into it and he seemed to understand what movie he was in and did a good job <laughs> with a weird, weird part. And, um, a lot of the supporting characters like, um, William Jackson Harper, um did great yep i was a little disappointed honestly i it was like a bittersweet thing when i saw him in yep. the movie because i haven't been 
I went into this very blind. I think I saw one trailer and then just went to the movie. Haven't been looking at IMDb, but um, I knew that he had been signed on to something in the MCU. And, you know, you and I have been crossing our fingers like Reed Richards, Reed Richards, Reed Richards. And then I see him. I'm like, oh, cool. He's in this. Oh, that means he's not in anything else. <laughs> yeah, it was a very I was very disappointed because it's just like such a waste of such a good actor. And yeah, he, like I said, he did fine in this movie, but I don't think we're going to be exploring the quantum realm any further at any point. And which is we'll get to more negative things. But yeah, um, yeah I was I was bummed by that. And, you know, I will I will say another point for just like characters and casting. It's like, you know, the scene where they meet with with Bill Murray's character. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm watching Bill Murray across the table from Michael Douglas eating weird tentacle things in the fucking quantum realm weird it's just like a weird yeah. like what a strange thing this is that's and I, turned into i thought he was very good and also it was just the right amount of bill murray in an mcu movie yeah not enough um, to like take you out of it too much but and also like i don't know that i would want to see a movie where he's in it all the time you know yeah um also bill murray's very good but also this character was and i the only reason i'm thinking about this is because the last movie i saw bill murray in was um, around New Year's, we had friends over and we watched Kingpin again. Um, and this, the character, Crylax or Crylar or whatever, is basically he's just playing his Burt McCracken character from Kingpin, um, <laughs> which is fine. But I was also a little bit like, eh, it feels a little phoned in for Mr. Murray. But he was great, uh, you know, other than getting into deep Bill Murray lore of, you know, 90s movies <laughs> right that just happened to be top of mind for me um yeah he did he did great i mean like i think that he did a really good job of like you're watching and you're never quite sure if he's cool or not until until the turn and then you're like oh yeah okay you were the villain okay all right yeah. um yeah um speaking of modok yeah positive things modok in this movie up until the end i thought was great i thought that the design is weird as fuck and it should be and maybe could look a little better but the jankiness of it for me kind of made it better you know giving him the saw blades and the laser thing you know just like kind of leaning fully in was fun i think that you know i what i would have liked to have happened is have you know okay this character is playing you know this kind of like weird weirdo version Modoc, and then by the end of this movie, he's fully crazy, just like murder monster, and somehow escapes and is going to be a you know somewhere down the road we'll see him again, as opposed to like having I don't like I don't think Modoc should have a heel turn, <laughs> like it's just not something I'm interested in. It was a little bit I I, I I'm torn on this. I mean, one they put Modoc in a movie, and <laughs> so that's awesome. Um and. I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect MODOK in a Marvel movie because it's just too weird and too cartoonish of a character. Um, and tying it back to the Yellow Jacket character um, does add a lot of dimension here, you know, because now you've got some pre-existing relationships and he's not just a henchman, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like if he was just like a random character in the movie, you'd be like, okay. Right. Um and, and and so that's all good. Um, I was very disappointed with how bad the effect looked in some places. Um, uh, it looked almost like a like a theme park attraction level of special <laughs> effects in some 
in some cases. Like, uh, did you ever see those things where, like, it's such an old, tiny thing, but it would, it's basically like a white mannequin with a featureless face, and then they just project a face onto yes. it that talks? I know exactly what you're you talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it looked like that in some places. But then, in, like, the death scene, it looked great. Like, Because yeah. I think it was, oh, we we took him and we put the like the helmet on him and we just shot that right like it's a practical effect rather than trying to cg his face on um when the lighting doesn't work and blah 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 um yeah and there's other scenes like it lacked depth like yeah that's what you're describing like it lacked any sort of features it, it looked like yeah like it was like a screen almost which is which was a strange effect right and um but you know, they tried to give him a little bit of a character arc, which was, I feel like, a little underdeveloped, but that's true of so many things in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think on paper, this was a very good idea. I think that they probably cut uh, one too many scenes with him to make all of this work a little bit better, because it seems like, you know, it seems like he's starting, ah, I'm, I'm going to kill everything, I'm MODOK now, and then, like, he kind of gets talked out of that a little bit, and you're like, oh, I see what's happening here, but then all of a sudden he's, like, a killing machine again when he's trying to fight Hank. Yeah. And then they come back, and they go back and forth on that a couple times, and, uh, which, I, again, I think is probably just, you know, an editing issue, but... um Yeah, I honestly think a lot of the problems in this movie could fall under that umbrella of just, like, editing issues like well let's finish our positive yes but uh so i liked i i on the whole i liked the modok uh there wasn't anything about modok there wasn't anything wrong with modok that wasn't also wrong with the whole movie entirely so <laughs> grading on the ant-man and quantum mania scale modok was good yeah um i would say that i i actually like was pretty into the movie for the first half to two thirds and again i feel like broken record here just like for some reason marvel just like can't stick a third act right now oh. and i don't know what it is that's causing it. even movies i i think that are way better put together like black panther 2 the biggest weakness in that movie is like the third act like thor the third act just does like has no idea what it wants to do even movies i like really like the movies that i've liked of the past like two years at the top of the list like shang chi or whatever it's like even that third act is like eh, like i don't know why like that should be I know that like endings are hard, like that's just hard. But in general, of any sort of fiction, the hardest part, probably. But it shouldn't be this hard, Ugh. especially when you can just make a really cool fight scene or set piece. And that does a majority of the lifting for you. Well, and I think that this one, they it, the tough thing is that they uh, they kind of painted themselves into a corner because it's like Ant-Man has two powers. He can get small or he can get big. He's got two ways to solve a problem. I don't know why it took him so long to, to remember that he can get big. <laughs> why did that take until the end of the movie? And also, why didn't he get twice as big as that? Wouldn't that have made the whole thing even easier? Well, they have established that getting big for him, and this is, again, maybe remembering that, I mean, they kind of hint at it a couple of times when Cassie gets big and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm tired, I'm hungry, and it's like, he's not really able to do that for very long, and the bigger he goes, the less long he can hold it basically right but that's why i think again like but that could have been i could have been reminded of that a yes, little bit better for sure um because that's what's going on in my head it's like well why is he why did it take so long for him to remember this power or you know um and then but also why not just why, why is this the right size to kaiju around kangopolis or whatever 
um <laughs> why not why not twice this and you know where you could just cover that distance in two steps um uh yeah so i think that makes it tough to be like well how does this how does this end what's the what's the big climactic win here um it's tough i i don't i i think my problem isn't so much with any particular piece of the movie my big problem is what i feel like is just a miles wide disconnect between the script and the movie we got um so uh, I'm going to come back to that because I have at least one more positive I want to talk about. Do you have any more positives? Uh, <laughs> nothing like there were some things that were just fine, but yeah. I wouldn't put in like the positive category. I mean, there were some gags that landed for me. Yeah. And some delivery of things like, you know, like you said earlier, like, I mean, and I said this like, oh, this was like kind of the entire first Star Wars trilogy and maybe two Rick and Morty episodes smush in a blender. Yeah. And some of the pros and cons of both those things. I mean, like the alien thing that was like obsessed with holes. It's like, this is just a Rick and Morty character. This whole movie is a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> I want to talk about that in more detail. Yeah. Um, but, but when, you know, like the example, the gag when he's like, like, how many holes do you have? And then he's like, he's got, he's got seven holes. And then. Paul Rudd's just like standing there thinking. He's like, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's that was right. funny. That like, was funny. Yes. Yeah, so he's doing the math. It's kind of stupid, but because Paul Rudd is so good at delivery, like it, you know, it lands for me. Yeah. And just a lot of his interactions, like some of the things that would probably be otherwise cringy, like, you know, in the scene, which is quite cool, like a visually cool, like where he's like, you know, all the different permutations of himself yeah. and then they're working together. And then there's the Baskin Robbins, like reoccurring joke. And like, it's like, you know, just because he's got such damn charisma, it's just hard to not laugh at that, even though it's yeah. like, you know, otherwise it's like whatever. But well, and I, I think that that scene, actually, the, the center of the core scene or whatever it was like, that was like, I think the the high point of the movie, uh, it was visually very entertaining. Um, and like it, it does, you know, it, it did kind of, you know, again grading on the quantum mania curve you know kind of do this arc of like oh everything starts to come together once they all realize they all are just trying to save cassie you know what i mean mm -hmm. like and the fact that like they're making this tower out of their bodies which is something that ants do uh to reach yeah, a thing point. that's too high there are certain kinds of ants that they will make it that they will just like build a tower like that um i thought it was cool and it looked great um but then wasp shows up and like clearly is having the same kind of thing of like oh all of the different potentialities are all merging with one when they realize they have to save cassie but i'm like why does she care all that much about you know what i mean <clears throat> like it makes sense for scott lang her father to have this emotional connection that like transcends probability you know like that's cool I mean, it's, you know, maybe a little sappy, but it's cool. A little corny, but it's cool. Um, but then to have, like, also just his girlfriend, is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't quite land, but it it looked great and, like, in the moment really worked for me. Um, and not only that, but, like, you know, because the one piece of this that, and I'm going to get back to this, because I think the marketing for this film really kind of fucked up people's expectations for it um and how it honestly played out a little bit but you know she was dusted so like it's not like you know when scott was in the quantum realm for those five years in between infinity war and endgame like she was taking care of her around right. like it's only been i don't know 
maybe a year and a half. Like it just, yeah, it doesn't really seem like, uh, again, that it's nice to see cause it's like heartwarming, but like this whole like familial connection and Cassie being like so heavily involved with this ant family seems strange. Right. And one of the major tensions that this movie, that the trailers for this movie made it appear to be, which I thought was going to be really compelling was this like, you know, and they, they kind of hint at it and maybe it was there in an original script kind of to your point, but like this idea that like, you know, Cassie was more or less on her own for five years and didn't have her dad. And like that scene when Paul Rudd, it really sticks out to me in Endgame when he, you know, comes out of the quantum realm and he goes to his house and he sees Cassie and she's five years older. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's like a very well done scene and it's very emotional. And, you know, I thought there was going to be more like Kang is offering something for him to be able to get that time back. And right. because of that time, their relationship is is strained and not just like. I don't know, like action comedy strained, like, oh, you know, she's getting in trouble in jail, like more like actually strained. And we know how much from the previous two movies that like his daughter is really the center of his world. And yeah, I just feel like that didn't come through in this. And I think it was a missed opportunity. And the strain in their relationship is not um, you disappeared for five years and now you just want to be my dad again. Yeah. Uh, the strain in their relationship is she wants to help people and he's a jerk. Yeah. Which, you know what I mean? Which is like, yeah. but that's not, I mean, that's not the, I mean, it's not like, oh, you know, the Scott Lang character has always been like the most selfless, heroic character in the Avengers. But like this idea that he's going to be like, this isn't our fight. We've got to leave. It's like, that doesn't quite seem in character for him. It just yeah. seems like. Oh, this is a like out of a book of potential conflict points. You just like picked one at random. Uh, yeah, and, and I get what they're going. You know, I I can see what they're trying to do with like maybe because I'm just like a little bored of like the hand off the torch story right now. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like, there's a different version of that same dilemma that works a little bit that that fits more in character. I feel like, or, yeah, or maybe if. Uh, maybe with just like a different character, like do it with Hank. Like that would make way more sense because he's kind of a dick. <laughs> and like, I feel that I think it's a good message, right? That it's like, well, you should, you know, you should always be trying to do better and help people. And right. You know, it's easy when you you've done one good thing to then rest in your laurels. Like that's all fine and good. And I get it, but it, yeah, it just felt like tossed it. Yeah. In the comics, well, Scott Lang was like the thief and the kind of morally gray person sometime and whatever. But like that really isn't the Scott Lang they've been portraying in right. the MCU. The, we've we've spent too much time with this character for for him to do the whole like, eh, screw it. I'm I'm self-centered again. Yeah. Um, and I also think that the the movie there's a there was some ambiguity for me with it opens with him and he's doing his book tour. And but it's uh, it was unclear to me whether or not like, oh, he's turned into like he's turned into this kind of like sellout jerk or is did he just write a book because that's what you do. And he's just trying to pay the bills and trying to just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah, it's almost like clear. they could have they it would have been a little bit, a bit more even out of character. But they, if they would have made him more jerky yeah it would have been like, oh, okay more believable yeah. yeah and and then um but it's like instead we don't get a sense that like oh he's you know like he's turned into uh like i mean we've seen this before but like um you know oh is is this his uh spider-man before uncle ben dies 
bit, you know, right. not my problem. Uh, or is this the, um, again, Spider-Man, like I'm, I'm done being a hero, right? Right. Like it's neither one of those. It's kind of unclear. It's because it seems like it's in like the opening montage. It seems like, yeah, he's like kind of enjoying being famous for being Ant-Man, but he's also super nice to everybody he meets. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's, you know, maybe you would feel like, oh, it would it would sell a little bit better if you're seeing him like riding on being Ant-Man, but also like he's saying no when someone wants a selfie or, yeah. you know, yeah, it just seems I feel like maybe what they could have done instead of instead of like trying to like make it be like, oh, he's selfish, but also not ever portraying him as selfish and expecting us to just kind of like lean into that trope. Maybe that what they could have done instead was do more of like a, you know, I lost five years in the quantum realm by being Ant-Man and doing working with these particles and being involved with this. And I came back and I saved the world, but like, I don't want anything to do with it. Right. I just want to live a normal life. I want to live a normal life. Like, I don't, you know, that could have worked. You could have gone with that angle. And also, I think once they're in the quantum realm and you need to have some tension between him and Cassie, like, I think it would have been much better if it was more about like, he's trying to protect her and he's trying to like, um, you know, like he's kind of overdoing it with the parenting. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and you could, you could have that with, we got to get out of here cause it's not safe here for you. That could be part of that. And then like, he's trying to teach her how to use the powers. And she's like, dad, I know, I already know, you know, you've, you were gone for five years. Like I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not 13 anymore. Like, you could have had a lot of those scenes just baked in and had the tension be about like him really wanting to go back to the father daughter relationship and her not being ready. Like that's enough. That really could have worked and you could have built that into all these scenes, but instead it's like kind of cringy. Like she's Mm -hmm. like getting arrested at like a, a a vague, vaguely liberal protest. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And also if she's, she should have got arrested for like, like for crimes. Not for being like too co- too good, you know. Right. Like yeah, that's more interesting. You're than... trying to play it up, and that's one thing that I found that that, and I really like a lot of the new this, the new generation um, of characters, but a lot of them don't have a lot of like laws. Yeah. Like in the way that not that you know the original Avengers were like paragons of like you know no complex storytelling, but. You know, they each had something at least. Right. Like Tony Stark was Tony Stark was a self-centered asshole. Yeah. All the time. And uh, and, and, and that's not the, I mean, that's not the deepest, you know, character flaw in the world, but it's a flaw and it gives you something to work with. Um, you know, uh, Captain America was often like trusting and optimistic to a fault, you know, Um they're simple things, but these are superhero movies. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, Greek tragedy. Right. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, it's like, yeah, you could have given Cassie like a flaw. Like, yeah, maybe she's kind of impulsive and self-destructive. Yeah, because... I, mean, when you, I just feel like when you get all of these mostly young women on screen together, which they're clearly building towards, right, hopefully like, in like a way that's a little bit better than the stupid endgame female girl power female, shot. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, you know. Some of those characters have some good depth. Like, for example, I don't think you've watched Black Panther 2 yet. No. But um, Shuri has a lot more character. She's got had more time to develop, you know, multiple movies. And her character arc in Black Panther 2, while I don't really, like, 
the spoiler of that is that, you know, Namor fights them. She fights Namor. She's mad at Namor. She wants revenge. She's just a rage filled person because her brother died. Other people she loved died. Like, and then she kind of just like gets over it and lets him go. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like that? It just didn't. It was so quick. It's it's a logical conclusion, but it just didn't feel earned. That's my biggest complaint about that movie. Um, But like when you put Cassie next to Kate Bishop and then next to like maybe Kamala from Miss Marvel, like they start to feel pretty damn similar, like in a way that's going to make it like hard for them to have interesting scenes together and stuff because they're, they're not going to have any conflict necessarily yeah. in the way that like in the first Avengers, if like, you want them to fight first, not be not, not just like physically on screen because it's a superhero movie, which of course you do, but also like you want them to have competing viewpoints goals. on how to solve a problem right. and goals and values and different things. And like, that's what the Avengers movie, I Avengers movies, I think did really well. And I'm just nervous for if you make these all like flawless, you know, or quote, give them like, Oh, I'm a bad girl sometimes. Like, it's like, it's just not going to like land as well. Right. They're, they they don't have, you're right. And like, uh, even though I think the actress who played Cassie did a great job, like, yeah, I, I like her a lot. She, I've seen her know, other things and I really enjoy her all the time. Um, but I feel like there's two missed opportunities. One, like you say, giving her a little bit more, um, uh, character depth, um, but also, like, I was kind of, I, I just kept waiting for her to have, like, a different power set, mm. you know, or like yeah. something, you know, something, uh, something that, that is a little bit different than just, oh, she's Ant-Man, you know, like, yeah. um, especially because they even set it up like they teased it earlier where he's like, you have a suit, you know, and it's just like, yeah, I have a suit, you know, it's like, so that kind of implied like she'd had some practice with it. And I kept waiting for a surprise, like some new thing she could do. Yeah, um, what they should have done, I think, and this is based on big recollection of a few crossovers I've read where her character, who is usually known as Stature, I think, mother name, but I don't remember what it is. Like when I've seen her in comics, all she does is get big. And given that we've seen Ant-Man, like, you know, and he, here's the history of Giant Man and Goliath and all these characters and things. But it's like he's more about doing the small thing. And so is Wasp, who I guess could hypothetically grow, but doesn't. It's like make her do the big thing really well. Yeah. Like me, I'm Ant-Man, like we just talked about earlier, like he's always been like have, hasn't been able to, you know, do it for very long or like, you know, he can only get so big before he gets too tired. And like, I don't know, be like, yeah, I figured out, how, you know, insert techno babble slash, you know, lots of training. We know, you know. The world was empty for five years. I just got to go out into the woods and just practice being big and kicking stuff around. I'm really good at getting big. And she does the big thing. And it's like, that would be great. <laughs> and a little bit of like a, a not reversal, but just like it, it's a fun thing to be like the the middle aged male father is the little guy and his teenage daughter is the giant girl. Like, yeah. Or, or, or it's fun. Yeah. There's, there, there's there's a ton of things she could have done, but it was just, you know, especially if she's going to be the next generation ant person, like, you know, it's like, well, Hope has a slightly different power set, right? She could fly and zap stuff. Mm -hmm. Why can't, you know, uh, Cassie also have, you know, oh, I, I don't need to do the shrink and grow thing. I built a momentum multiplier, you know, some dumb comic book shit. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, that felt underutilized and um uh yeah. Um I mean yeah. I like that Hank shows up at the end with an army of ants. Like that's cool. Great. Fine. Finally got to see them actually using <laughs> like the talk to ants power, which was always kind of a weird add-on, but whatever. Right. Like and that was I don't know. That felt really underdeveloped to me. 
in the way that everything in this movie kind of feels felt underdeveloped, and therefore it felt very like Deus Ex, where it's just like yeah, we're having this like kind of intense and cool, you know, like back and forth. We're like, okay, we're kind of winning, but then Kang is coming back because he's Kang and he's a badass, and like you know, this is why they didn't rise up in the first place because he's gonna whoop their ass, like you know. And then it's like, oh yeah, and I just feel like we lacked, you know, there's like. Yeah, like one or two moments where Hank's just like fiddling with this thing where you're like, what? And like you saw the ants get tossed in, you know, they're coming back. But I just feel like, I don't know, I just I just wanted a little more because just kind of felt like, I don't know. So that leads me to the, this thing that I've been avoiding talking about. But like, <laughs> let's, let's get into it. We, talk, is, we, we tried to be as generous as we could be. This is just a fucking Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> and I, 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 I understand that the guy who wrote it is a Rick and Morty writer. He wrote the Vat of Acid episode and a couple other notable ones. It's a great episode. Um, but uh, it, once I realized it in the theater, it became very distracting um, because it's one of those things like, oh, I see what you're doing here. And it is upsetting to me how much of this feels like a find replace of a Rick and Morty episode. Like, uh you know, Scott and Cassie are Rick and Morty. You've got the jaded older one who wants to just get out of here and not get involved in all this stuff. And then you've got the naive, optimistic younger one who's like, no, we got to do it. We got to save these people. Um, and then you've got uh, and then you've got Hank is Jerry. He is kind of weak and ineffectual. And there's all these jokes. There's two separate jokes about how. Uh, it's implied that uh, Janet was hooking up with Bill Murray and Kang. And oh, boy, what a what an ineffectual cuck you are, Hank. You know, and mm. um, everybody's, you know, all these other characters are just like shitting on him because he's such a weak little little nothing. But then he shows up at the end with some wacky out of nowhere, you know, which happens all the time in Rick and Morty. Uh, Janet is obviously Beth. You know, um, and Hope is Summer. She's barely in it, but it's basically like if you just took the wow. Rick and Morty family and and it, and and not just not just that dynamic, but also the like um, like yeah, like the alien with with that's obsessed with holes. Obviously, a Rick and Morty alien, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, your houses are dead line. Obviously, a Rick and Morty line. Right. The um. Uh, the Gentora character, who's like the super sincere, like Mad Max muscle mommy, you know, resistance leader straight out of Rick and Morty um, because she's such a trope. But the thing about it is when Rick and Morty's using tropes and I'm not I'm not going to like set, defend Rick and Morty here. I like there's a lot of it's not it's not a perfect show, but like one of the things it does is it will use these tropes uh, as a shortcut for something. Right. But it'll kind of wink at you when it does. It like, hey, yeah, this is this is this is Mad Max stuff. You get it. We're we know we're using a trope. We know you were using a shortcut, but we're going to wink at you about it so that, you know, uh, you get the idea here. Right. Uh, we're going to mobster planet. You, it's like mobsters. OK, fine. You know, mm-hmm. um, but this movie didn't have that same winking tone. And that's where I think a lot of it falls apart is because if this was, you know, directed slash edited by a Rick and Morty person, you would see more of that kind of winking at the camera like, yeah, we know this is a little silly. This is a little over the top, but yeah, we're going somewhere with this. Um, We didn't. That's not there. And I think that is one of the reasons the tonal inconsistencies are so 
weird. Or like the Modoc death scene where he's like, oh, we were best friends. I was an Avenger. You know, and everybody's like kind <laughs> yeah. of side eyeing. Total Rick and Morty scene. Good. It worked. But because the rest of the movie didn't have that same tone, it felt really out of place. Um, what else is on my Rick and Morty list? Um, uh, the, um, the whole like very tropey. This isn't our fight. We have to help. This isn't, we got to go. Oh, I learned so much by helping, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's a very Rick and Morty thing. Um, the, the mid credit tease with all the Kangs. Council of Ricks. Oh, look, it's 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 Pharaoh Rick. Oh, it's weird Chinese stereotype Rick. OK, uh, <laughs> there you have the like the classic Rick and Morty thing where like you'll have the characters talking about wacky adventures that you didn't see. Like, I think there's a line in there where Scott's talking about like, oh, and then I was the Hulk's baby for a little while. Things were weird. Well, that was like, Endgame, but yeah. Right. But you know when what I mean? Shrunk up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. But like that's uh, it's and it just doesn't work and like even the that like in the climactic scene where like you know scott's big and he's like kaijuing through the city and he's like yelling at kang like you broke your word our word is the most important thing i'm like where the fuck is that coming from yeah that made no sense it's like what are you talking about in a rick and morty episode you know like you can wink at the camera a little bit and rick would be like yeah i get really i get really noble when i get big it's weird you know, <laughs> yeah. um, or, you know, hey, yeah, I'm doing superhero stuff. I said some superhero shit. What do you want, Morty? Blah. You know, like it works. But here it's just out of, again, out of place. And uh, yeah, it was just a Rick and it was just a very long, very expensive Rick and Morty episode that somebody, somebody, either the director or the editor did not get the memo that they were making a Rick and Morty movie. They 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 shot it straight. And that's why it doesn't work. Now, I'm not saying if they had shot it with Rick and Morty tone, this would have been a better movie. Honestly, I don't think I would have liked it anymore. But that's clearly where one of the problems was. Really sound argument. Um, I definitely think that even if, you know, we were to take a step like that's a very compelling case. Um, But like what that illustrates is how like tonally and thematically like all over the place this movie was. Yeah. And it had no, no good through line in it. Like, yeah, there's just I, nothing in here that. Right. It's that, all just a bunch of stuff that happened. Yeah. It's just a bunch of stuff that happens. And a lot of that stuff isn't really that compelling. There's compelling pieces of it. And there's like, again, there's like, you could see the movie buried somewhere in there where you could put the pieces together and maybe a slight different way with a slight different tone. And you get something that's really cool. And it, you know, because you've got this like very menacing villain. Yeah. Well, yes and no. But yes, eaten by ants. But does he? No, no. I mean, he gets his feet defeated by ants. Yeah. But I feel like the the menace there. I was feeling it, and then mm, I didn't feel it anymore. And then well, I felt it again, and then I didn't feel it. And yeah. It was just like, and it's not like how you know some MCU villains you can play a gag or two off of trying to think of like like loki obviously yes or you know characters are making fun at their expense or whatever there's really nothing to do that with kang right you know you can't have you know you know star lord's calling thanos grimace and thanos is not doing anything for laughs like there's not there that character's not a character that does jokes but people can make jokes around him and they land because they're funny right but there's really nothing defining enough about kang to make it like you know 
right ammo for scott to crack jokes about and it's also like a pretty dark story in they're trying to portray at least is just like oh he's like conquered this world that's that we should care about in 20 minutes and you know isn't that so crazy and scary and sad it's like i guess yeah it's it's uh, so and i i struggled a lot a lot with with kang um in this movie not the fault of the performance but like for me one of the big struggles was it was it and this is true when he was in uh loki as well like they're not doing a good job of really explaining the motivation right it's like okay he's like killing a bunch of timelines but but why and yeah. so i'm fighting the people who exiled me it's like okay but why do you need to like wipe out whole timelines does that make sense and how are you doing that you seem like you're just a guy um and um, it seems like they were building up to a twist of like, oh, no, he was the good Kang, as good as a Kang can be. And he was going to break out and kill all the bad Kangs. Um, but now he's not. It seems like they were building to that, but they didn't quite land it. Um, yeah. Again, like that little moment at the end of the movie when Scott's like having the internal monologue of like, well, wait, he said there was something bad coming. Like, what What did that mean? And like, right. Yeah. Again, something there that. That's a great storyline. That like, should have been the that should have been the third act tension was we should have realized in the third act that okay, he's actually probably the good guy, but if we let him out, it, it, it could still be bad for everyone and we have to make a very difficult trolley problem calculation here. Yeah. And and maybe Cassie and Scott have two different ideas about how to handle it. Right. You know, or and or maybe that also is complicated by the fact that, you know, there's that layer of complexity. And then you also have the oh, and he also said he'll give you the time with Cassie back. You know, you can go relive those five years you missed right. out or whatever. And now you got to decide both those complex things. And I don't know. Yeah, there's just there was just no it's just like he's evil. It's like, OK. Yeah. But then they're like, but maybe he's not that evil. Maybe the other ones are more evil. And it's like, well, but I don't. How does any of this work? And again, it's like this is another way, like it assumes that we're all completely understood of like how the multiverse mechanics work in this world, which we are not. No, they have they have had several movies and TV shows where they have touched on this to try and explain how it works, but they have not done that it is still confusing and i still don't know what what makes an incursion happen and uh why does it happen more when kang's around like it's just yeah they've got some really heavy lifting to do what the fuck are the stakes here yeah to try and make it feel like it has stakes to make it feel like it matters and also how it works and like you don't have to you know you don't have to tie up every loose end on like you know none of these things there's always paradoxes and sure whatever like any basic understanding of just like what's going on (laughs) right i I, again i don't need the dnd manual on it but it's like well why i mean honestly why do i care if he eliminates some other multiverses that i've never i as a viewer have never seen and has no connection to the characters i care about yeah like Um, it's you've got to they're not making me care and they're not really doing a good job of communicating (laughs) <laughs> yeah. the, the stakes that what what's go- if, if he gets out what exactly is going to happen 
is he going to kill like the Hulk or is he just going to go and do other stuff in the multiverse far, far away? And I'm never going to hear from him again. Right. And he says the bad Kangs are coming. Uh, should I be worried about that? Um, it's yeah, they just did not. It didn't sell. They didn't give us enough there. They didn't even give us. It could have been really interesting of like, well, which one do you pick? Do you pick this Kang who is promising I'll kill all the bad Kangs? It's going to be a mess, but I'll do it. Or do you take, well, maybe we could maybe we could stop the bad Kangs without doing all that stuff, you know, and yeah. like actually have the characters grapple with that idea a little bit yeah. instead of what seemed like the what they tried to do to add tension at the end was like, oh, boy, Scott's got to stay here and keep Kang occupied until the portal closes. And you're like, all right, that's cool. He's making a sacrifice. You know, mm-hmm. it's I don't have to win. I just have to make sure that you lose. All right, fine. But then yep. he just goes back through the portal anyway. Yeah. What the that, fuck? Honestly, like that, every, everything you said, yes. But in this movie, not even the hypothetical of what could be, that end sequence really like pulled the wind out of my sails for liking the movie. I mean, I like I liked the fight scene. Yeah, the fight I, scene I was, was really, really well done. Of just like, holy shit, Kang does not fuck around. Yeah, he's just beating the shit out of this guy. And, you know, we've seen him take a lot of hits in that armor and then he's cracking it, you know, like all this different stuff. And, you know, no, that scene was great. And I'm like, I, I was feeling the tension and the momentum of and the inertia of that scene. And then I was like, oh, man, he's just going to like, you know, they're going to close the portal and he's going to be down here. or He's going to die or whatever. And I like I was, really wasn't quite sure because this is potentially a handoff. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, no, like Wasp is going to come in and they're both going to be stuck down here. Like, that's an even bigger thing. And it's like, no, nah, let's go back through the portal. It's like, oh, oh, OK. okay. <laughs> the portal that you couldn't do earlier for right. reasons. OK. All right. Fine, I guess. I mean, I will say that we've kind of done two movies of like, you know, oh, they're they're trapped in the quantum sure. realm. Like, I don't want to repeat that because, you know, but that should have been. It could have been like more definitive, like, oh, this is our only way to do it. again. You know, they never come out again. Or I don't know, like just anything that would have not just immediately pulled the stakes out from that. What was supposed to feel like a sacrifice moment and then right. not do it. And, uh, runs, and they're all hunky dory again. Or like, I don't know, like maybe I mean, we didn't see a body, I guess. But like, you know, trapping him somewhere else in the quantum or something. And then like and then in a couple movies when they realize they fucked up, it's like, well, they gotta uh, go back to the quantum realm and get the you know the it, less it, bad Kang. I don't you know. You know how I think what I think they're doing here? I think what they're doing is they're they're time looping us. Where uh they 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 put Kang into the core, right? Mm-hmm. And we saw what happens in the core. You get all multiplied, right? Oh. And we did we we were talking a little bit about like some time weirdness with Kang. And is it that he gets in, makes a million copies of himself uh, and then, you know, some timey wimey nonsense happens. They all escape. And, you know, again, time loops and stuff. But now he's got to go and eliminate all of his duplicates before they destroy the universe or something. I don't know. But I, I got the impression there because also they did a little time loopy thing with I don't know if you noticed this, but I did when um uh, when it's the flashback, the extended flashback sequence and Janet, like, uh, you know, she touches his ship and that like gives her like this mental flash. Right. Mm-hmm. The scenes she saw, that was him fighting the rebellion in the quantum realm. Oh, yeah. Like they 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 I mean, it could be that they were just reusing footage, but I don't think that's what they were doing. It's like it's very clear that like 
you see him like do the big scream with like the shock wave and then like the where he does like a spin around with the energy beam. Right. That's what he does when he's fighting the rebellion later. Right. So there's some kind of, you know, time loopy stuff going on here where she didn't see what he had done. She saw what he was going to do, uh, which is neat. Um, and, you know, he's talked to, like there's times where he he's talking and he's being all time lordy about it of, you know, I don't see time like you do and blah, blah, blah. But um, I, that might be what they're doing. And they certainly left the door open to that. Um, but they also have now just a moon full of various weird Kang alt- alternates, um, which in the original comics, they weren't from all these multiple Kangs weren't like from multiple universes. It was just he's a time traveler. So, like, when the Fantastic Four is encountering the Rama Tut version of Kang, like, it's the same guy, just at a different point in his personal timeline, because he's jumping all over the place. Um, but, so, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah, he, the, the Pharaoh version of Kang, that's Rama Tut. And it's like, oh, yeah, at one point he goes back to ancient Egypt and, like, tries to rule the world by being, like, a high-tech Pharaoh. But it's still the same guy, right? Right. Uh, and then later on, he's takes on the Kang the Conqueror persona in the in the distant future, and uh, you know, blah blah. Who cares? Right. Uh, then, but there's moments when like there is multiple Kangs fighting each other because right. they are the same person from different. What you're saying, but like, yeah, it's 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 same universe. But then again, yeah, like what is going back in time and changing something? Then by default, make it a new universe. I don't know. And this is where you know doing the Infinity Stones was like such a smart move looking back because I mean, they were able to retcon a ton of stuff, but like six things get the thing they win. Yeah. You know, and like, it, it's a super simple, super visually understood thing. Whereas like, well, you see, there's these things called incursions. And then when those, it's like, like they really have some heavy lifting to do. I assume in Loki, I don't know. Like I'm looking at the release schedule here and it's like, well, they're not going to do any of this shit in guardians three. That's its own separate story at this point. Hoping that's good. Uh, um, I got to say, the trailers were not selling me. <laughs> um, and then they're doing like, you know, the Marvels, which got shifted from the summer to November. And it's like, maybe they're going to touch on this stuff. But doesn't I don't know. It doesn't really seem that way either. So it's like you're talking about another year till we get, I guess, besides Loki season two, we get any clarity into like where this is going. And where are we supposed to be doing the scrolls next? Right. Secret Invasion is supposed to come out in the first or second quarter of this not, year not that i would prefer scrolls to kang but like i i just yeah i'm i yeah just a little bit deep and like there at least in in avengers there was a sense of like like you said like if you if if the good guys get the rocks first then the good guys win if the bad guy gets the rocks first then the bad guy wins um so we already have a sense of here's how we beat the bad guy from day one we know that like it's a prevent defense kind of thing, but still we know what the victory conditions are. We know how to beat Thanos. It's a question of whether or not we'll do it in time, but we know how. But like there's like a million Kangs and they all have what appear to be godlike time powers. Like what what are our guys going to do about that? Fucking nothing. Right. And also, I still haven't figured out why I should care about what Kang is going to do, because it's like if he's got a time, if he's a time lord, like. If he was going to destroy the Earth, he would have done it already. We all know he would have just gone back in time and done it. Uh, it's I, I I don't know. I'm baffled by what they're where they're going with any of this. Um, yeah. And it's like and it feels like there's like slightly different rules being laid out because like they kind of talk about parallel timelines and stuff in Endgame time travel and what the talking about with 
uh, the Hulk. Then we kind of get like separate explanation of how, you know, timelines work in Loki. But then it doesn't really seem like it's kind of the same rules that are being applied in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And this feels also slightly different. And it's just like, how are you going to bring all these things together in a cohesive way? Which makes no sense because they talked a lot about the early and mid stages of the MCU. Like they had no plan. They were just making movies. And then eventually they started to be like, well, we'll say that that staff was the the space stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. And like the Thanos thing, we didn't say like when he put that trailer in that, like the the stinger for Thanos in there, that was just like a completely just like ease a nerd and thought Thanos is cool and was like, yeah, I'll do this. But it's like now they know that they want to try and do this again. So why are they fucking it up so bad? Where before they didn't have a plan, it kind of ended up coming together in a way that made sense. It just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think one of the things they had going for them the first time was they had these big movies with popular characters led by movie stars. And now it seems like they've got these movies led by kind of a second generation of characters that I don't fully that no one seems super invested in and a bunch of actors who are not yet movie stars. And also, and and coming back to the CGI and the effects in this movie, like, and I understand that like a ticket to Ant-Man costs the same amount of money as a ticket to the whale, but like, doesn't it feel like you're getting a little ripped off with the quality of the effects? Yeah. Doesn't it feel like we just have expected more and better from these movies? Yeah. I was reading an article before we got on here from, I think it was, club got some like you know allegedly insider responses from like anonymous designers on this movie and they were like oh it was a goddamn mess and like again just you know this this narrative of like that like design studios are just underselling you know under pitching or under quoting themselves to get this work done because they want to get the contract and marvel plays it pretty cheap and just like the also the debt from covid of just like all that time where there was no work being done and now trying to play catch up on all these movies at the same time. They said in there that, you know, the same studio was working on Wakanda Forever and Quantum Media. And it was like, Wakanda Forever is way more important. Focus on that. And that movie does look much better DJI wise than I saw what I saw in Thor and this. So it's just like a, uh, you know, not to like the, oh, it's just, they're just going for quantity over quality, man. It's like, that's kind of a simplistic argument, but like, it's also not wrong. It seems it seems that way. And, and I, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I think the effects are, cause I don't want to just complain about like the graphics, not good. Um, but like, it seems kind of indicative of a larger problem of just, it seems like not only does Marvel not really know where they're going with any of these movies, but it just doesn't seem like they're trying that hard. No. To, to make sure. and you know and and these things have always been a highly commercial product but like it's the difference between like an iphone which is a highly commercial product but very clearly like made to certain standards and then like whatever weird android burner you can buy at the gas station you know <laughs> like it's just a little bit less of a th- you know it, it just yeah it just doesn't feel like they're trying that hard um which yeah, these movies just, you know, I'm just feeling a little bit more just kind of crapped out. and Like, ah, fuck it. Here's your guys. They're going to punch each other. Go nuts. Ooh, we put a cameo in. Oh, hope you catch the, hope you catch the references. Bye. And even that, like, there wasn't much in this movie that, you know, because I've read so many, so many, like, just like really low effort reviews. Some Marvel films are just like, you know, they're just sacrificing the story to keep on moving the broader story. I'm like, but they aren't doing that either. Right. They're like, not, no, that's that's exactly right. Like they aren't they aren't. There's not like 
it's not like this movie was just like to make a comparison it's not just like mindless fan service or you know rushing through this like broad narrative that because that that's what i could have see, seen them fall into in this i don't know what you call broader storyline like you know where you had the phases but whatever you call this phases four through six or whatever right where like they built like they did the build up to something big in phases one through three i could have seen them overcommit right like telling too complex of storylines and relying on too much of like previous information and making it like even more serialized than it kind of already was because mm-hmm. it wasn't really people said it was you know it's really it's always been pretty good about like minus up until like infinity war and endgame like you could pretty much yeah. get by but i could have seen them being like well people you know infinity war and endgame were two of the biggest movies of all time critically applauded you know audience applauded like let's just keep it at that level of like you know serialization that's kind of what they could have done and they, they didn't do that that could have been a mistake too but it seems like they went other way with it and but they're also trying to split the difference at the same time i don't know yeah but then it's like okay if you just want to do just a you know an episodic self-contained wacky ant-man romp don't have this big complicated kang villain right right who's bouncing around through timelines and is threatening the entire multiverse and because now i gotta think about all that like you could have just had you could have just made the villain in this like i don't know just i'm sure you've got a guy you know, some Jack Kirby nonsense of a guy who could have just been Modok. <laughs> Modok could have been the big bad. Modok is loose in the quantum realm and we've got to go stop him. You know, yeah, like, wouldn't it have been cool like to have like, uh, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I usually don't care for this, but I feel like this movie needed a B plot like in the surface world. Yes. Because some of the fun stuff of like in the Ant-Man previous two Ant-Man movies, like, you know, just like, the weirdness of like in particles interacting with our world that's lost quantum realm for the most yeah. part. And like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool to be like this movie was just Modoc was trapped in the quantum realm and he starts sending, you know, Amos's organization, right? Yeah. Like, he just yep. starts invading the surface world from the quantum realm with aim soldiers and like aim technology. And like, and because time moves weirdly in the quantum realm, you know, he sends a wave. It's like that, um, Oh, it's like, uh, I know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of that first big arc in, um, I guess it's not in the first arc, but like throughout the first arc of Invincible, where that alien species keeps trying to invade uh, the Earth and time moves differently for them. So it's like two weeks later, but it's a thousand years later for them. They have all this new crazy new technology. Like, but wouldn't it be funny if in this situation, like he can't get him to grow? Like, so the attacks that are happening in the surface world or real world, we're going to call it, are like, they're all tiny people. Right. Tiny or ships or then there's a wave that comes and they're just way too big. Yeah. Um, or, you know, there's there's one that comes and they they, they keep duplicating. And, you know, and every time they duplicate, they they, they get cut. In, they're, they're half the size. Like there's so many wacky things you could do with an idea like that. And you're right. Like, show us what's going on in the real world. Give us some sense of that. And, uh, you know, it is it's kind of the race against time of like, we've got to get down there because at some point he's going to figure he's going to get this right, you know, and mm-hmm. then it's going to and then we're in real trouble. Or, yeah. Yeah. But and you, and, split, you split up the team you have. I don't know. You have if you want to do the, the father daughter thing, you have Scott and Cassie go down into the quantum realm. Right. Or maybe every, with with Janet since she's been there. And then you have Hank and 
hope up top or whatever combination right, you want to exactly. do. Exactly. And they're they're trying to stop the the you know all the wacky you know sci-fi nonsense aim soldiers you know and every every time it's a different different silly sci-fi scenario like yeah there's a lot of things you could have done here that would have made it self-contained and you could have had more fun with the premise and spent some more time with character beats because you don't have to waste all this time of like explaining all of this like well i'm kang but there's a lot of kangs and i'm maybe the good one and they exiled me but you don't know it was the kangs that exiled me maybe it was somebody else uh like all of that uh you know that yeah you know fuck i want to watch that movie <laughs> um like that could have been yeah you could have done a self-contained one or you could have done one that really was more kind of like Winter Soldier, where it's like, no, this is kind of Avengers 2, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm thinking Civil War, where yeah. it's like, this is uh, this is yeah, we're calling it Captain America, but this is this is Avengers 2 uh, or, you know, Infinity War 0.5. Like, yeah, you know, you could have done that, too. But then you could have spent th- But then you're going to spend more time really clearly outlining exactly what Kang is up to and what are the actual mechanics in play here. Uh, but no, they like, yeah, like you said, they try to split the difference and it ends up serving no, nothing. Yeah. And, um, just, and just on top of that, just like all the, like there's so many ideas in this movie. None of them are developed. There's so many, there's like, but within that, it's like, it's necessarily, I don't want to say it feels rushed. I don't want to say it feels, it's, fo- it's easy enough to follow, but like, cause we're so used to it, but it's like, there's so many things just like, Oh, Janet and Hank when they, excuse me, Janet and Hank when they, you know, and Hope when they like crash land and they got to go meet like the desert travelers and she fights him and cuts his hand off and they get to ride the thing. And it's like, what was the fucking point of that scene? Exactly. Like, it's not like later they have to ride those things again or they could have had them sneak into the city and just cut that whole sequence. And it's like, we've done that sequence so many times, guys. Like, it's not a new take on it. Why are we doing it? Like, we we've done the star Wars thing. Like, right. Ugh. This, yeah, I agree that that whole, that whole bit could have been cut. And then all the bit about like, you know, Hank learning to fly the ship. And then I felt like we spent a lot of time just sitting and talking on the ship. Yeah, and there's also, so much exposition in this movie. And also it is bonkers. Like the movie never explained why Janet didn't tell them about what happened when she was in the quantum realm. No, that's like classic. I call it classic CW storytelling where it's like, the only reason the drama exists is because characters are keeping secrets from each other. And it is sometimes it's it's valid and it makes sense, but is one of the laziest things to do. Right. Like, like if, if she comes back after 30 years of living in an alternate reality and she was supposed to be a scientist, too. Right. Yeah. And 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 then her scientist husband is like. Can you tell me about the 30 years you spent in an alternate reality that completely redefines everything we know about physics? And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. What the fuck? (laughs) Like, why does that make sense for her character or for the world at large? Like, it's it's absurd that like you say, but even then it's like you would think that like the minute they all got sucked into the quantum realm, she'd be like, all right, look, I didn't want to have to talk about this, but uh, here we go. Rather than waiting until they've been in there for some unknown amount of time and they finally get on a ship and she's like, well, now that we've got some downtime, let me explain the last 30 years. Like, it just that's that is so dumb and weird. And the fact that they didn't even try to explain it, like give her amnesia or something. Yeah, yeah there's so many. It's just it's so lazy. Yeah. When you know, I when 
Well, I, I, you know, when, uh, when I betrayed Kang the first time, he wiped my memory. Yeah. And I didn't, and, and it wasn't until I saw the magic crystal that it all came back or something. Uh, yeah, that's just insanity. Um, but also, you didn't even have to really, you didn't have to really make her the conduit through which we got the Kang exposition. No. There were plenty of characters that we met in the quantum realm that could have said, here's what happened. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it just seems like a bit of a mismatch on, on you know, at first I was excited to have, you know, then they said like, oh, the first two Ant-Man movies were kind of like fun, low stake, heisty, whatever. We thought wouldn't it be cool to do the opposite, do something big space opera, you know, universe changing kind of thing. And it's like, I guess, but you didn't this, follow through on it. This wasn't the way to, well. this wasn't the way to do that. Just seems like a little too much to try and cram into one movie. And it just kind of now looking back, it just kind of feels like because they didn't have anything else in the schedule where Kang made a lick of sense. Like you're not going to introduce Kang in the Black Panther sequel or in, you know, maybe Thor, but like. Well, but that's the thing is that like you could introduce Kang, like you could, you absolutely could because there's so many different versions of him. That's true. You just have him be the same actor, but in this one, he's just like a skeevy businessman in a purple suit. Right. You know? And we, the audience, are like, is that the fucking guy? You know, and then later on, it's revealed like, oop, I was a Kang. Ooh, you know, like, yeah, like you could just do that and you could seed him into other things. You just don't necessarily need to do the whole multiverse explanation. We could just kind of figure that out on our own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that would have been cool if like and again, this is what they could have done since they know they have a runway to do it right with the success they had. They, they got so much will and. and they could have done like a like it would have been cool if like from i don't know the middle of phase four or whatever forward it's like hang is in every movie yes and every show <laughs> and every like, show and maybe he's just a waiter in moon Knight. Mm-hmm. but then you know in uh and then maybe he's a cop in spider-man and you know and then maybe in thor he's he's the big bad but we're not calling him kang you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, we're like, calling him Mortis or whatever his fucking right. random things are. Yeah, and 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 you could you could have a version of him that makes total sense in every single one of these things. Like, why is it the High Evolutionary in in Guardians Three? Why is mm-hmm. that not Kang? Right. Um. And uh, you know, and and you know, just slightly different versions of this guy. And um, yeah. And as you go, you can you start to get the get the feel of like, all right. He's a time traveler or a multiverse or something, and he's everywhere. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, yeah. and that does do that same thing of like we were talking about, like kind of building up the Infinity Stones. You know what I mean? You're you're slowly but surely establishing this guy, what his powers are, what his motivations are, what his goals are. Um, that and- would be so fun to play that straight. Like, you know, Thor comes out, you know, Jonathan Majors playing Immortus. Yes. Fights him. No reference to like whatever else, anything else, right? Then Black Panther comes out and he's, yeah, some like, you know, Egyptian like businessman that's trying to get vibranium or whatever. Jonathan Majors as, you know, whatever. And like, they just like do that for like four movies and and people are just like losing their minds because there's no, they're not coming out and saying it or whatever. Like, that'd be so fun. For using this actor for. Mm hmm. Or like, oh, that's a weird cameo. Right. Wasn't that, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, that they could have been doing so much more cool stuff, but instead they just keep trying to give us these mega doses of Kang where they are not explaining nearly enough. Mm. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, you know, I, I was trying to give a lot of like, and, and I will still say like, you know, this movie was filmed during COVID. like all of these movies were, or the remnants of it. And all these movies were turned around in their scheduling abruptly and came out before and after things that they had to really adjust on the fly. And, you know, from what I've heard from like other podcasts and stuff, just like the entertainment industry still just like, isn't really caught up from like in general, let alone Marvel, like caught up from like what COVID has done. It's like the complications of it, you know, all the regulations testing and the like everything is just like it just makes it way more complicated and the debt of all the work that be done in certain specialized fields but like i was giving that as leeway for a lot of this problems in phase four and i'm just like eyes you gotta get it together like yeah i i i don't i mean there are things i'm willing to excuse like you know one of these things like ah the effects were a little bad or ah the you know, the, the, the tone was a little uneven, but it's like, it's all of these things at once, you know, and maybe one or two of these, you could, you could make a good faith argument like, well, COVID really screwed this up or, you know, pick, pick something. But like everything about this movie was wrong, which to me is not so much a like, ah, what a, you know, Marvel just had some bad luck with timing. No, I think this was an issue of like, I don't think anybody really cared enough to make this thing cohesive. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it's unfortunate because that leads to the Star Wars zone, which is just like, well, because that's the vibe I get from them, right? Is that like they don't really need to try? No, because right? Because the yes, it's just got so much cultural inertia that people are going to consume it and whatever anyway. And you know, well, I probably keep seeing Marvel movies. Sure, so I guess I'm part of the problem. But like at some point, if it doesn't get better, it's going to be like, all right, well, maybe I'll just wait till it comes. You know, that it will hit that point for me at some point. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same You've already spot. Been there. <laughs> well, I mean, I was I was interested in this because like, oh, this looks kind of wacky and 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 and, uh, you know, like kind of trippy and sci fi. Like, all right, cool. I'll give it a shot. Whatever. I also, you know, it's, it's probably going to be a little bit more comedy focused. Fine. But like I got I, I have what's the next one? Uh, It would be Guardians three in May. All right. I'm maybe interested in that, but I, but mainly because it's like, yeah, I guess I'm curious to see Adam Warlock in a movie. But and it's like I, the conclusion of a trilogy that you've already started, right? Yeah, yeah I, I just I'm no longer all that invested in those characters. Uh, they've all worn worn out their welcome to some extent for me. Um, and uh, yeah, so Guardians, I'm like, eh, maybe, you know, probably go. Uh, but the Marvels, I have zero interest because I'm a sexist. Um, <laughs> but look, I, I mean, Captain Marvel is not an interesting character. Uh, yeah. And um, the Monica Rambo character is not interesting. I'm sorry. I don't know that much about Kamala Khan, but like I just I'm look I look at that and I'm like that this doesn't what this doesn't look like anything. Um, uh, yeah, I just it just doesn't it, it's like, what are we I. What where is any of this going? Why should I care? Uh, because it's not, you know, it's it's not episodic enough to just be like, hey, that seems like a cool movie. I'll go watch that, you know, hmm. but it's it's not episodic enough for that because so much of it feels like there's homework involved. Right. Um, but it's not uh, serialized enough where I'm like bought into the larger story. So, yeah, I'll go sit through, uh, you know, and, you know, I'll go sit through a Captain America movie because I know that it's building up to Infinity War, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have either one. So I'm just like, well, I don't know. These, I don't 
care about these characters and there's no larger story. So, look. Yeah. I mean, I like, you know, when I'm looking at like the release schedule, there's stuff that I'm just like, I really want to see what that looks like. But it makes me nervous because it's like if the quality continues to be diminished, it's going to be a mess. Like when I look at the Thunderbolts movie, it's like this could be fucking weird as hell. And I it might be awesome. Yeah. But, uh, but like if they can't execute on it, then it's like what? I'm, I'm nervous. For it, well, right? and I, I think that, that it does seem like what they've the last couple movies anyway, it seems like they have a problem of, uh, well, there's no vision. Yeah, there's no vision to any of this. Um, there's there's uh, there's no macro vision of where this is going, which, you know, we just talked about. And also that's a big part of what hurt uh, the last run of Star Wars movies was that lack of a vision. Um, but there's also a lack of vision with the individual movies themselves. Like this one, it's like, what is this? Is this movie? Why is this movie have like, did the director read the script? <laughs> because, or, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's such this mismatch of a script that you might, you could, you could call again. I don't, if, if I had the magic wand, I would not say, give me a Rick and Morty movie. I would have, but like. You could at least maybe say like, oh, this this script is kind of adventurous, right? This is a different kind of tone and feel than what we've done before. Okay, great. But then you marry that with a director who's like, you want another Marvel movie, boss? Here you go. Uh, like, because the, the direction doesn't have a sense of style. Yeah. Um, like, you know, say what you will about Multiverse of Madness, but that movie had a very distinctive and consistent tone between the script and the 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 movie itself um and that's because sam raimi had a vision you know a lot of people say it was a bad vision those people are wrong (laughs) um but but there's just it's also just paired with just like just it's just that comes down to it's just execution just like they're just not well put together movies yeah because even if there wasn't a vision but the movies were like you said like the more episodic and they're just more individually fun you know even then you would you would expect each one to have a more distinctive yeah feel and tone and uh but they don't have that you know uh because they were trying that a little bit like i don't know whatever phase it was we're like this one's a political thriller this one's an action comedy and sometimes they actually pulled that off like i would say that thor ragnarok is a very good action comedy yeah uh and sometimes they got it right but like they were trying stuff but it just seems like now they're just like nope we make marvel movies they look like this they sound like this this is the tone but this script was not a good fit with like the established like this is the Marvel this is the Marvel formula you know yeah. uh, and because it just doesn't seem like anybody cares enough they're like ah oh, we've got a script we paid for it uh, all right throw a throw a generic director at it and let's get this thing out there you know yeah I mean what I'm like I mean I I was thinking about this now that you know Phase Four's over his first five five whatever like like I don't know I kind of liked most of the TV shows better than I liked the movies out of the past two years. Like when I think about like what stands out in my mind and what was hmm. interesting, like I'm not saying any of the shows were like knock out of the park. Great. But some of them like actually for me, none of them were like terrible to the point of like, you know, we said the, the relative term of terrible here, like compared to like a Thor love and thunder or even just like forgettable. I remember what happened in that movie. But like, I still think about honestly, like Falcon and winter soldier. Like I still think about that. Sometimes I still think about the Hawkeye show, which I thought was really good. Like, Maybe it's because they were just like their shows and they have more time to develop the characters and like tell a more cohesive story that I don't know. But, you know, I'm just like even looking forward at the list now. I mean, like I am kind of interested again in this like 
the one two punch next year of the Captain America New World Order and then Thunderbolts. Cause I'm like, if that those feel like like probably they lead into one another. Um, namely because Harrison Ford is in both and like that's gonna like a piece of storyline with uh, you know, Valentina character and all that. Mm-hmm. So that could be like get me invested again because like it is maybe has more revision or something, even though we have like really no idea what those movies are about. But besides that, oh like Secret Invasion looked interesting, but now it sounds like it's like really heavily delayed. They said they're gonna like start spacing out their releases more. Oh yeah, I'll watch Loki season two. Fun. That's probably the only one that I'm like remotely interested in. Yeah. I mean, I did like the Ironheart character in Black Panther, but I like the only reason I'm interested in that show is because the hood is the bad guy. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, I want to see technology versus magic is interesting to me, but yeah, I don't know. I gotta, Curious. we gotta, I mean, maybe I, maybe I could find myself interested in Fantastic Four. Uh, sure. If and when. I mean, if but, they can, if they can write things, they can make things right and like get the quality up again a little more. Yeah. I mean, phase six sounds fun. Fantastic Four and Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, like, if they can, if they can pull all this stuff together and make it cool, like again, like they did for Infinity War and Endgame, like hell yeah, yeah. But I think that's a good point of like how you, you know the, the they need to get the quality back up. I mean, because these movies are just getting just bad, just objectively bad. Like they're kind of sloppy and uh, you know um, uninteresting. Like you could say like. Um, you know, I, I say this a lot, but like uh, Multiverse of Madness was bad, but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was bad in interesting, surprising ways. Um, but like Thor and Ant-Man, they're bad in just very mundane, banal ways of just like, yeah, the tone doesn't really work. Or, yeah, the plot just doesn't really hang together. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, it's yeah. It's, yeah, it's exactly that. And and. You know, it it's weird because again, they could have gone one of two ways. They could have gone the like lean even further into just like the serialization of this enterprise, just like make every movie a goddamn Avengers movie and just like run it out or whatever. Or they, you know, which is what they kind of said they wanted to do in Phase Four, which is like, ah, oh, let's go back to basics and introduce some new characters and whatever. And it's just like, but they didn't do that right, and the characters aren't very interesting. No, I mean, when I look and- at the list of Phase Four movies, it's like Black Widow was bad, Banshee was pretty good. Weirdly. Out of the whole bunch, when I look at Eternals now, I'm kind of like, ah, Eternals is probably a better movie than Thor, Quantumania, and while Doctor Strange is a more interesting movie, Eternals is also bad in kind of interesting ways. So I'd probably put it at that level, which is not something I would have expected to say like six or eight months. Ago. Wow. But, you know, Spider-Man was good. Like, that was yeah. fun. But, you know, um, I don't know. Yeah, Spider-Man was certainly the best of the bunch. Yeah, by far. Not... Not perfect by any means, but uh, that was probably the best of the bunch. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I got to say, I think, you know, that they don't have they need to get some stars in these movies, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's all... I, mean, I, I will say that we forget because this is what made some of them stars like Chris Hemsworth was a nobody. That's true. You know, Tom Hiddleston was a nobody, but but they balanced that out with Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson, Daniel Jackson, you know. Chris Evans is a, uh, you know, was on paper a movie star, but I don't, you know, he was right. a B tier movie star at best, probably. Right. But, you know, but 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 it, but it's also like but even if the actor is not as big of a star, the character is right. That's yeah. Captain America. You want to go see yeah. a Captain America movie. Um, 
you know, you, that's Thor. I mean, Thor was a little bit more of a B a, a B lister at that point, but um, Thor was the weird, was the oddball. You know, Thor was the risky one. Ooh, we get to take a chance on Thor. Um, but now it's like, oh, it's Miss Marvel. You know, mm. she's like stretchy, I guess. Okay, and then <laughs> like, um, it's Ironheart. It's Iron Man's powers, but with a, a total stranger to you. Um, you know what I mean? It's like if if it's not you don't have an A-list actor, you don't have an A-list character. And also the movies have all been kind of shitty. You know, it's like, what am I coming to this for? You know, why? Yeah. Why? Why am I? Why am I coming to see this this movie? If you know, it's it's like you go see it. You know, you'll, you'll go see the new James Bond movie, even if the guy playing James Bond is a nobody at the time because it's James Bond. You know, mm. um, or you'll go see a movie with maybe I'm 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 can't think of an example. Or like, okay, you'll you'll watch Moon Knight, even though maybe you've never heard of Moon Knight, but Oscar Isaac's in it, and Oscar Isaac's good. You know what right. I mean? I don't have either end of that equation. And then there's other times where it's like I don't know who any of these people are, but the people who are making it make good movies, so I'm gonna see what's up, right? Right. You don't have any of that anymore. It's just like. B tier characters, B tier action, C or act B tier actors, C or D tier productions. Like what? Why am I even coming to these movies anymore? Yeah, they got to And that's why, like, when I look back at the list here, it's like Shang-Chi felt like a, a phase one or two movie in a good way. Like pretty well made, introduced a character, you know, not a nobody, but, you know, not a A-lister, but had some big A-list stars in it. and you know, felt cohesive. Did you watch that? Shang-Chi, no. Yeah. Um, might be worth a watch sometime. Yeah. Sure. Pop an edible and dig into it. Got some passable Kung Fu in it. Um, but then other, you know, yeah, being dead horse here. But that being said, I'm just baffled by this Harrison Ford. Just baffled. Why does it he want to do this? <sighs> His mind is unknown to me. <laughs> and, I, and this comes from a place of like love and affection. Dude is working right now. I mean, Indiana Jones is coming out, what, this year sometime, I guess? It just seems like I, 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 I can't get my head around it because it seems like he should be in in that phase of an actor's career uh, in the fuck it phase of like kind of where like Steve Martin is at, you know, where he's like, look, I've, I made all the money I'm going to make. I'm just going to do uh, if a weird project comes along that looks interesting, I'm going to do it. But I'm not chasing blockbusters, you right, know? right. And I would think Harrison Ford would be in that same spot of just like, yeah, I'm, I've, you know, like apparently he's in this show on Apple TV or something with uh, Jason Siegel and people say yes. it's very good. Uh, I was um, watching it and I would highly recommend it. I think um, it's great. And it's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do a weird little like uh, TV show about a psychiatrist. That's yep. what I'm doing. Um, it's easy, you know, but then like. Uh, they must have thrown so much money at him because I'm sure he, I'm sure in both cases he's he's going to be in the movie like it's going to be like a weekend shoot worth of you know what I mean? Like it's going to be one location, one costume, shoot it in the weekend. Uh, he's in the movie for five minutes. I have a feeling it's going to be in that, you know, that's going to be the case. But uh, I I don't know why it seems very strange. Why is he saying yes to Indiana Jones five? Why is he saying yes to anything other than just a weird little thing that. Like, yeah, I show up. There's no wardrobe. There's, you know. Yeah. Most, and like, you know, like they're probably going to do Red Hole. Right. And like, I just can't imagine Harrison Ford just wanting to touch anything like that with a 10 foot. Unless I don't know. One of these other old 
bogeys who's in these movies and have a great time. If Michael Douglas called me, was like, hey, man, it's a blast. Just like come out and put on the green skin and do whatever. Like they treat you great. Like, I don't know. Like I remember listening to, was it Al Pacino? I think who was like doing an interview and he's like, I really want to be in a Marvel movie. Like Mike said, it's a blast. I want to do it. My kids love it. Like my grandkids love it. I want to do it. It's like, what? <laughs> it's yeah, weird. I don't understand. Yeah. Cause it seems like, <laughs> it seems like work and it seems like you don't have to work. Why yeah. are you working? Yeah, I guess we'll I, never understand that because none of these it, people need to work in. Right. That, that's the thing. I, I I don't I can't get my head around that idea of like you have enough money to never work again. Also, you're a legend in your field, right? Yeah. Like, because that's also the thing about like, I can kind of understand why, like, maybe Nicolas Cage doesn't need to work anymore, but like maybe he's trying to rebuild his legacy. Like, I get mm-hmm. that, you know? There's right. something about that, maybe, but like you're Harrison Ford, you're Al Pacino. You could never to you could never work again. And and, you know, you're going to be rich as God forever. But like you're never going to be in a situation like a Sean Connery where your last movie is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like that's how you go out. Like, no, just just, uh, you know, just lay low. I, I don't understand it. I never will. Yeah, or like you say, you just do the smaller stuff. You want to do the, the weird psychiatry show, which again, very good. I recommend watching. I forgot how funny Jason Siegel is. I mean, they just hired Harrison Ford to play a grumpy old man, which perfect. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, he is. And, you know, or like, you know, I know he's doing that show with, uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is all like shit, but like Yellowstone and there's like all these spinoffs. Like he's doing one of those with like Helen Hunt. And it's like, cool. Go do the cowboy thing. Old cowboy thing, I guess. Like, but Red Hulk? that what you want to do i don't know no it's just especially because you like he's he's said how much he hates doing like star wars and there's all this stuff about how much they had to pay him to get him to come back to do force awakens and how he didn't really want to be there and it's like that's a character that like you know he he is one of his defining roles and he must have at least some like you know attachment to as opposed to playing fucking thunderbolt ross like what i don't know it's really bizarre to me who would you have cast uh when william Hurt died uh, to replace as Thunderbolt. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, Harrison Ford is an interesting choice. He doesn't have that same imposing energy. Um, I mean, it's too bad, but uh, who was it that played uh, Obadiah Stane in the first Iron Man? Jeff Bridges? Yeah, he would have been fine. Yeah, that's actually fair. Because that's the same energy, like this kind of very, like... Yeah, the kind of guy that can stare down... Tony Stark when he makes a yeah very a stern very confident very commanding you know what I mean like that kind of thing uh yeah too bad they already used Jeff Bridges um did Harrison you hear Ford- that he's gonna be president in the movie like that's what because like you know he was the general and then he was secretary of state in past movies and now yeah. it's gonna be president yeah Ross which is great because Harrison Ford has played presidents in the past and yes it's good but um maybe he'll say the line <laughs> no, I hope kidding. he doesn't. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I don't know. It, that, that's a tough call. Um, I would almost say Harrison Ford has too soft and manic of an energy to be to follow William Hurt. But yeah, and like and he's like a little bit of a he usually tends to play a little sarcastic, right? He's grumpy, but in a sarcastic way, not in like an imposing. Yeah, he's not he's not intimidating enough. No. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it's a good question. I really I really and I'm coming up blank. I, I really can't think of who. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of older actors uh, who have that, who could do that. Um, yeah, I'll have to think on it, too. I don't have anyone on top of my head, either. Uh, I'm sure I'll watch them and be like, that guy, he'd do great. Um, but nothing, nothing's going up right now. Clint Eastwood? 
I wouldn't mean, that be a raw I mean, <laughs> I mean, 20 years ago, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, like that's that would be that would be an answer. Um, uh, is I mean, he can't be that much older than. Oh no, he's not eighteen. Never mind. Oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> he is. Uh, he's a skeleton. Wow, um, was he was that old? Because Ward's pushing eighty, right? Yeah, but it's a different kind of old for. That's true. Uh, what's yeah, Ward? Has 80. Martin Sheen been in any? Uh, um, no, but I could see it maybe. I mean, he's you know he's done the pre- he he was the president on a television show for some time, and uh, <laughs> yeah, there's always what? something about like his you know like the like a, a version of Thunderbolt Ross who is more maybe based on Martin Sheen's military character from Apocalypse Now, right? So, you know, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, the war made me crazy. Um, you know that could that that could be good. Oh no, shit! He was Uncle Ben in one of the uh, Andrew Garfield. Uh, Oh, that's fine. Spider-Man's. That's fine. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to start reusing actors eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, uh, who's the guy that played the bad guy in um, Winter Soldier? Um, I have no Redford. recollection. Like, he did great. I mean, that's the same kind of role, That's basically. a little too close. That's a little too close, though. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm just saying, like, that's a character. That's a, 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 a you know, a similar type character to that playing you know a similar actor could play that character anyway i mean the eight he might he might not be old enough but um uh i could see george clooney doing a decent job i was thinking that too actually that same thought like because he doesn't do it often but he can he can do really intimidating if he wants to uh um yeah i mean he's 61 it's old enough yeah but he i mean he he has a he always feels younger than that just yeah i think he said it's a different a, 61 than <laughs> Actors, uh, yeah. uh, you subtract fifteen to twenty years off of well, get their real age. He, he has kind of a um, there's a boyishness to his personality. You know what I mean? That so even you know and and uh, same thing with like Martin Short, right? Martin Short is like a million years old, but like he always feels like he's like like just like a seventeen year old shitty brat. Like that's just kind <laughs> of his vibe. You know, yeah. it's the same kind of idea. But like, uh, yeah, I could see Clooney. Um, but yeah, I, there's just something about Harrison Ford where he always just seems like he's a little bit too frazzled at all times. <laughs> yeah, so like like he's either he's either just, just kind of a little frazzled and all over the place, uh, slightly panicked, or he's like really cool and calm, like he's Han Solo, right? Yeah. But um, too cool for right. Like, but there's something about Indiana Jones where like Indiana Jones usually feels like he's always on the verge of a panic attack. Which I like. <laughs> um, uh, and then, like, a lot of his other characters have had that kind of shaky manic energy to them. And and that doesn't vibe for me with, like, General Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> no. No. Interesting. Well, but anyway, do watch that uh, shrinking show, though. Yeah, I hear it's good. It's good. I'm good. too busy watching Trigun. Oh, there you go. Well, watch it with Karen. I mean, like, it'd be a good, uh, good yeah, show to watch together. Yeah, get her into Trigun. <laughs> uh... Yeah, we have we have Apple TV because we picked it up for Mythic Quest uh, season mm-hmm. three, whatever it was, um, which was quite good. Felt short though, um, and we saw this and started watching that, and then Ted Lasso comes out next month, so kind of just doing the Apple TV thing right now. Well, I'm sure, Tib Cook thanks you for your endorsement. <laughs> well, it, honestly, most of the things that I or Shay have watched on, I I thought pretty well made. Yeah, they've been they they actually most of what I'm hearing too, and I uh, with the other one. Um, the one with uh 
Adam Scott. I know people were really. Oh um, yeah, we need to watch that severance. Really, really pleased with that one too. Yeah, so. and Shay, Shay said the morning show was quite good too. Karen liked that one, but uh, that was not for me. Yeah, same. No, I'm interested in. So, um, yeah, this episode is sponsored by Apple TV. Yeah, <laughs> go watch Trigun Stampede on Hulu. <laughs> brought to you by Apple TV. Yeah. Um, I need I need to just do it, Greg. So take two minutes. Uh huh. That flash trailer. Oof. Uh. Doofa. <laughs> Look, I mean, if you got a, you've got a trailer where the 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 stinger is Michael Goddamn Keaton walks out of the shadows in the 1989 Batman uh, costume, looks me, me specifically, right in the eye, smiles and says, I'm Batman. And I have no interest in seeing that movie. You've got to <laughs> fucking work to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I agree. I don't have a huge attachment to that uh, character because it's a little too. Yes, I know. I mean, I'm a dusty old mummy. We've been over this. I mean, I watched those movies as a kid and stuff. I liked them, but, you know, the timing of it was not for me. Yeah, no, it was it was. Well, the timing of it was not for me either, because that movie was not appropriate for 10 year olds or however yeah. old I was when I saw it. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I have very fond memories, obviously, of the Michael Keaton Batman movies, as as many people do. But like I'm watching that. And I'm like, what the fuck even is this? I <laughs> I don't know what again. It's like. There's a lot of things that that trailer like seemed like it was setting up as like, oh, here's a beat. Oh, no, it's this. And I'm like, I have no idea who any of these people are on the screen right now. <laughs> I have no idea what any of this is. It's like a, from another fucking universe. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of it's just interesting. Some of the how the marketing around some of the stuff can really affect it. I was, you know, to go back to Ant-Man for a minute. You know, I, I read a little bit and had felt the same way that like, you know, the way the movie was billed and like how much they hyped up, how much they showed of Kang and stuff. And then like. One thing I was reading was basically like the movie plays out like you're really not supposed to know who this is right. until they're revealed to our earlier conversation. But like they just were worried that it wouldn't draw enough interest unless they showed the big bad in it. But it's like that would have been way better if it's like they would have, you know, they would have maybe showed Modoc a bunch in the trailers or something. Yeah. And then I it's, mean, you know, Kang, like, oh, shit, it's this guy. Like they did the it fuck? for Multiverse of Madness. Where, I mean, you knew Scarlet Witch was in it, but you didn't really know right, she was exactly. the villain. Good point. They just yeah. kind of hit it, you know. Uh, you see him fighting some monsters and stuff, and you're like, all right. You know, and, and you could have done that with this and not had Kang uh, in it. Or, or you know, at the end, reveal. But yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I think we've uh, we've we've stomped on this ant enough. Um, great line in the movie, though. Michael Lewis just goes, I like ants. Yeah. Although uh, one other quick complaint when they're having their big showdown and like Kang is screaming at Scott, he's like, ah, you can't beat me. You talk to ants. He doesn't, though. Not Kang this movie. talks to the ants. I mean, he does talk to ants. Just doesn't in this movie. I know. But then you have this whole other plot about Hank talking to the ants. It's like, why leave that fucking line in? Yeah, it's it's silly. Um. All right. Sorry. <laughs> it's OK. There's a lot of weird lines in this movie that, again, feel like. Maybe they're remnants from a previous script or something that someone forgot to edit out. Yeah. And also whole scenes. Well, uh, yeah. We well, did it, though. We did. We, we definitely, definitely watched this movie and don't need to ever again. <laughs> again, you know, did the worst MC movie? No. No, but it's 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 in the running or like it's in that conversation. Right. Yeah. I mean, Blackwood was pretty. Yeah. 
There's a lot that are pretty bad, but like this is certainly probably in the bottom 10%. Oh, yeah. I think that's true for sure. Yeah. Because now there's what, 36 movies or something. So the bottom 10% is, you know, yeah, three plus movies. So you can have good company with Black Widow and Thor Love and Thunder and I don't know, and two or something, I guess. That's one thing I saw pointed, people pointing out that like critics are getting much harsher on these movies because, you know, you look back at like the Rotten Tomatoes score for like a Iron Man 2 or a Thor 2 versus this, like, oof. or maybe these are just objectively worse movies. I don't know. Mm-hmm. A little bit of both. All right, Craig. All right, then. Well, you uh, have a good birthday. Thank you. And yep. I will be 400 years old tomorrow. You're my first friend. Like, not like to, a family to hit 40, member. Hit 40. hit 40. This is thank you for pointing that out. I'm thank you. Dang. That certainly does not remind me of uh, <laughs> of uh, the gap between my age and the age of other people who are alive in the world. Thank you for reminding me. Man, I turn 34 next month. That's pretty old. Oh, oh, no. Better start getting <laughs> measured for a coffin, you dusty old bones. <laughs> Again, I uh, I'll echo what you said earlier uh, off mic was that I feel 40. <laughs> More than yeah. I, so I well, I felt forty for a while. I think it's what I said. Right, right. Yeah, no. once, once you know, you get up around 38, 39, and you're just like, ah, fuck it, I'm forty. Just call it. Here we are. What else? <laughs> what? I'm not getting any younger. No, as they say. Anyway, for the shit. I certainly am, but I've been getting too old for all of my shit for some time. Uh, anyway. Anyway, I think that'll about do it for Ant-Man and the Quantum Mania with the Wasp starring Rick and Morty. Yeah, and do we have a do you have an early idea what we're doing next month? Oh shit. Um we should probably tell our listeners. Uh do you want to want to do The Last of Us? It'll be done in 2 weeks. Yep. We'll do The Last of Us. Seems reasonable or I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. Do you want to start the fucking Evangelion movies on Amazon? I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've Let's watched do, them six times already, but tell you what, it's been at least three times for each one. <laughs> um, uh, well, the first time you just got to kind of let it watch over, wash over you, and then the second time you got to watch it to like fully understand the plot, mm-hmm. and then the third time is for analysis. Mm-hmm. You got me for uh, one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know one watch through. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, no, we should do, we should do Last of Us next, but then, then in April, that's Evangelion. All right. Just in time for Easter, for the rebirth rebirth of our Lord, Shinji Ikari. Do they have just as much religious imagery in the new ones as in the old ones? Andrew. Oh God. (laughs) I want you to think about everything that was in the series, right? Uh Uh-huh. Quantify each one of those things. Uh Uh-huh. And multiply it by about six. (laughs) And that's how you that's how you get to what the movies are like. Oh, boy. Every element, good and bad (laughs) of the original series. Oh, no. It's the weird horniness times six. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. No. In the fourth movie, Asuka barely is basically naked the whole time. Oh, I guess. (laughs) Oh, anime. (laughs) That's not even a joke. It's a that's. Yeah, that's just the movie. Great. All right. So anyway, so for folks who are playing along at home, we're going to watch The Last of Us and then basically get through the whole series and then talk about that next. Um, uh, and then and then after that, we're going to watch the Evangelion movies 
Um, so I'm always saying that now in case you need to like line up therapy appointments or something in April. <laughs> uh, and it's also what four movies? It's four movies. Okay. Um, yeah. And you have played, you've played the last of us game, right? Uh, yes, I've played both of the last of us games. The, the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the very good one and the very political one. <laughs> no, the second one is actually the superior game on all counts but anyway yeah uh okay i have not um they're coming to pc soon but i will also not be paying, playing them immediately because i do not pay 60 dollars for games well and if you if you're watching the series then playing the game you're playing the game yeah um but did you start uh fallen jedi fallen jedi order what's it fucking called yeah th- yes but we we can't we can't talk about video games. We just spent two hours talking about Ant Man and and we're trying our New Year's resolution was to make these things more focused. Right, 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 right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'll save it. All right. Yeah. All Bye. right. Bye. Bye, buddy.